This is Lawyer to Lawyer with J. Craig Williams and Robert Ambrogi, two of the top web bloggers in the legal profession. And yes, they are attorneys, one from California and one from Massachusetts, squaring off on legal news and legal observations. Lawyer to Lawyer is sponsored by Law.com, right here on the Legal Talk Network. Welcome to Lawyer to Lawyer on the Legal Talk Network. We're glad you could join us today. This is Bob Ambrogi from Massachusetts. And I'm Craig Williams from Southern California. I write a legal blog called May It Please the Court. Bob? And I write a legal blog called Law Sites, another one called Media Law. Craig, it's that time of year when many of us, including myself, find ourselves battling the winter blues, but there are some lawyers who are advancing their legal education while also basking in the sun or brushing up on international history by by participating in programs that offer CLE in exotic locations or far-off places. I was uh, fortunate enough uh, myself to just uh, be down in the Virgin Islands uh, for some CLE. I I was there as a presenter rather than a participant, but uh, I can certainly understand the appeal of uh, getting your education in a nice place. Certainly, and that's today some things we're going to be talking about, avoiding the stuffy classrooms, uh, lawyers are signing up for CLE travel programs, which take them to different parts of the world, offering seminars to fill their yearly requirements, as well as giving them free time and taking in some pretty beautiful scenery. So in our program today, Craig, we are going to take a look at these CLE programs, highlighting the pros and cons of these uh, trips, travel trips, uh, the physicality of taking the attorney out of the office uh, or offline uh even uh, tax issues and discuss some of the various destinations that are offered. Well, today we're going to welcome our first guest, Attorney Jamie Duart. Jamie is a principal in the Orange County, California law firm of Duart and Associates. He and his firm are proud of the fact that they provide in excess of $1 million worth of pro bono legal services to people who could not otherwise afford good legal representation. Jamie is probably most well-known within the Orange County legal community and the surrounding area for the numerous travel seminars he's orchestrated over the last 20-some years. Several thousand people have participated in his fun and educational excursions to such faraway destinations as Cuba, Costa Rica, Buenos Aires, Argentina, Chile, Mexico, and Machu Picchu, Peru. Indeed, this July, he's taking his third trip to Machu Picchu, Recently named as one of the seven wonders of the world, it's now become one of the top destinations of choice. Welcome to the show, Jamie. Thanks for having me, Craig and Bob. And joining us next today is Marianne S. McCool. Marianne is director of a company called CLE Abroad. Um, CLE Abroad offers programs in uh, places such as Bermuda, Paris, Italy, uh, Barcelona uh, and, and other places around the world using faculty that is composed of uh, both professors from some of the best universities and, and professional experts in their fields, highly experienced in their fields. Uh, Marianne is also CEO of Lightwave MM, an international e-business service corporation. Uh, she is a lawyer and who has teaching experience at Georgetown University Law Center's African Women's Program and Summer Foundations Program. Uh, during her own study abroad programs in Paris and Brussels, she learned firsthand that combining a study program with the sights, culture, and cuisine of a new country can be an exhilarating experience, and she's going to tell us more about that. Welcome to the show, Marianne. Thank you very much, and thank you for that lovely introduction. Well, Jamie, let's start with you. Why don't you give the, our audience a little clue on how you got started with uh, 
running these trips? Well, probably about 20 years ago, I started going on a trip that the Orange County Hispanic Bar Association does every Memorial Day weekend down to Mexico. And I saw the trip, I enjoyed doing the trip, and I thought, why don't we also consider going to Costa Rica? So I put together a trip to Costa Rica, and I think we had 80 or 90 people go on the trip. We all had a lot of fun, and then it just started from there. And pre- Well, previously I had also been on the Orange County Bar Association's Hawaii trip, and they had been doing that for well over 25 years. And it was just a bunch of local attorneys and judges would go to Hawaii for a week and get to know one another and take classes together. And it really worked out well, and it was a great way to get cases. Marianne, how did you get started? Well, um, I was very lucky to um, do two summer abroad programs during my law school career, once in my JD program and once in an LLM program from Georgetown. And both of them were in Paris, and I spent two wonderful summers in Paris. And I came to the law a little later than the normal age of the students, sort of as a grown-up adult. And I thought, wow, this is fantastic. And I had such a wonderful time, I thought. This was in 94 and 96, and I thought, maybe there's a way that I could do this, that I could put something like this together for lawyers to sort of have the flavor of being away and being in Europe and yet doing a a program that would give them some international law background and also getting to network and and, uh, meet new people and see these wonderful places. So that's how it sort of started and and went on from there. Well, Mary, why don't you tell us a little bit more about really what your program is and what it offers to lawyers? Okay. Well, we um, offer 12 CLE credits, which is just about every state require – not every state that does require CLE usually requires 12. So we do the whole 12 for them, and um, which is 12 hours of – uh, for the most part, it's international law or some um, corporate law with an international flavor. And today we found uh, my personal background is in international law as well. And when, when I'm talking to lawyers, sometimes they'll say, well, I'm not an inter- international lawyer. But today, pretty much everyone is because all you have to do is pick up one party to a case that's from another country, and all of a sudden you really have to have some kind of international background. So we offer that 12 hours, and um, we our, our website has all the information on the programs. We offer um, it in Paris, in Florence, in Barcelona, in Grotto, Italy, which is about 40 miles from Venice, and um, a couple other places. So that's basically what we offer. Jamie, you mentioned in your trips that some attorneys and judges go on them. What is it that uh, attracts attorneys and judges beyond uh, getting the CLE credits? I think a lot of it is the networking and building relationships. When you get to spend time traveling with people, you really get to know them, more than you're ever going to get to know them at most bar functions that might be cocktails after work or a dinner or something like that. When you actually go away for four or five days, and you're traveling with them and their family, you you get to know them, they get to know you. So when you come into their courtroom, they know who you are. You're not just 
another face, and you know who they are, and it, it just it builds a better relationship. What about the uh, reasons for doing this? I mean, this, these kinds of trips uh, are expensive, uh, at least more expensive, I would assume, than uh, uh, taking CLE uh, in your home state or a nearby location. Um, what, what are the reasons that a lawyer should consider overseas or exotic travel and combining that with CLE? Well, I think that, it, say there's a, a topic that is presented during one of the seminars. You, you don't, you're not limited to just 60 minutes of sitting in a room talking about it. People get very involved. We had a trip last year down in Mexico where everybody became so involved in the discussion that it kept going for hours afterwards. And that evening at dinner, everybody was still going at it, talking about it, and we learned so much. And we had retired judges, sitting judges, retired attorneys, sitting attorneys, everybody was involved in the conversation, and we heard so many different points of view that nobody wanted to stop talking about it. Even out by the pool, we were laying out by the pool, and people were still talking about it. That's far more than you're going to learn in a regular 60-minute presentation where you go and you sit and you listen to a lecture. So people aren't just turning around at the end of the day and going back to their office. They're, they're, they're staying together for a period of time and, and, and kind of building off of that relationship as well as the classroom experience, it sounds like. Correct. There's a lot of relationship building and there's a lot of learning. I mean, these trips are fun. I mean, we don't go just for the education. You go to have fun. And when you're relaxed, you're more willing to learn. You're more open to new ideas and you're more willing to contribute rather than just, you know, going and sitting in a room listening to a CLE presentation and getting your one hour of credit and leaving. There are some people that think a group organized trip means that there's some person in front of them with a little flag telling them to go from here to here to here. What do you say to those people? Not on my trips. <laughs> no, 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 not on my trips because I won't go on any one of those kind of trips. We have everything set up for people. So you know you show up at the airport and everything is taken care of from the time you arrive at the airport until the time you return at the end of the trip. From the air, at the airport. So you don't have to worry about anything. All of your planes, your hotels, your meals, your, your transportation, everything's taken care of. You don't have to stress about any of that. But if you want to go off on your own different direction, go. Nobody's going to stop you. Everybody knows when the classes are. Everybody shows up for the classes. You meet, you talk, but we space out the classes so that Everybody has time to do other things as well and to mingle and to get to know one another. And we also mix things up with cocktail parties, with dinners, with parties, with tours and excursions. You know, for example, we're doing this trip to Machu Picchu in July. And when we're in Machu Picchu, Peru, people are out hiking together, taking tours together. And then when they come back at the end of the evening after seeing all of this history and this civilization, then they sit down together and they start going through the classes. And so we can tie everything together. You're relaxed. You don't have to follow somebody with a little flag. And No, not on my trips. Um, and uh, I would certainly uh, jump in here and agree. Um, for example, we have a program in Florence in the week of April the 20th. And the people that we are, um, our program is being uh, 
held at an Italian language and cultural school right in the heart of Florence. And those people are involved with helping us in our immer- sort of mini immersion program. So there be, we'll be taking us to and recommending restaurants that are off the normal tourist track and getting to know some of the real people of Florence. So it, I think it makes it much more interesting and more fun. And when you're there, at least in my programs, that my own personal programs when I was a, a student, when you go and you're a student and you're with, you meet new friends and it, it makes it so much more, um, interesting, more fun to be involved in a program and then go on, um, uh, go and see the Eiffel Tower or go and see some of the sites of Paris or some of the sites of, of Florence rather than just on a tour, going for a seven day tour to Paris and you go through, you know, and just see the normal sites. So, um, I would certainly agree with Jamie that it's, um, it's, it puts together an educational part and a fun part and a networking part, and um, that's why I think it's a great idea. Hey, Marianne, what should uh, a lawyer who's interested in this expect the cost to be? Um, the cost, it, it varies on the location, but it's somewhere in the neighborhood of $2,500, and that includes um, the cost of the CLE program, all of the materials and the 12 credits, it includes all of the excursions. It includes dinner each night and a welcome reception and dinner on our programs are scheduled from the classes themselves are Monday through Thursday. The students arrive on Sunday, so they have a welcome reception and dinner on Sunday night. And then mon- Monday through Thursday, classes and excursions in the afternoon and dinner. And then an all-day excursion and dinner on Friday. And then they leave on Saturday, so that twenty five hundred covers all of that. And now the, the cynics out there might say that this, this is really all just a good excuse for a tax deduction combined with a nice trip. Are there there are tax consequences here? We do not give any advice on tax um, consequences. It would be up to the um, individual participants to check and get the approval whether or not they would be able to deduct it, but. Um, even if, it, it, as as far as we're concerned, it's a great, as far as money is concerned, it's a great deal, and it's a lot of fun. Jamie, what are your what's the range of costs for your trips, and uh, how do you treat the taxes? Um, our trips range anywhere from oh twenty five hundred dollars for Cuba when we did it. We can't do Cuba anymore, but when it was legal, we did Cuba for twenty five hundred. Tahiti's around 2500 and the Machu Picchu trip is 3500 and Buenos Aires was around 2500 Now, our trips include the airfare, the hotel, the MCLE, a number of your meals, a lot of tours, and other things like that. In Buenos Aires, everybody went out to a tango dinner show together, and we had fun doing that. Um, as far as the tax consequences, I never give tax advice. I'd be the last person in the world qualified to do that. Um, So I don't sell these trips based on the tax consequences. What I tell people is this is your opportunity to develop relationships with other attorneys and with other judges and people that you would not otherwise get to know in the ordinary course of business. And when you're in a foreign country, 
most people wouldn't just pick up and go to Buenos Aires on their own. They will go with a group of 80 other attorneys and judges from their surrounding area. And then when you're there together, you go out to dinner, you go out to shows, you go on tours, you get to talk to one another, and you say, oh, what kind of law do you practice? What do you practice? And everybody's in different areas of the law. And so then you start networking, and that's what really pays for the trips. Forget tax consequences. Sure, there are some, but you're going to meet family law attorneys, litigators, trust wills and estates attorneys. You're going to meet so many different people on these trips that you're not going to meet sitting in your office on a daily basis. Some of the trips that I've been on also involve the component of meeting with the local bar associations in the areas where we've traveled, like, say, for example, in Scotland. Uh, we also went to court, uh, met with some of the judges, learned some of the, the Scottish judges. And I think there was also a, a trip, uh, that Scottish trip, where there was a, a uh, masked ball in one of the Scottish castles. So there's also some things to do occasionally for spouses and other people that might not necessarily be there just for the law. And isn't that fun? It was a blast. I, I've enjoyed when we were in Cuba. We met with a, a lot of the Cuban judges and attorneys, and they showed us around their law school and their university and how their court system ran. And it was just mind-opening. I mean, it was great to see it and to talk with them, and they spoke with us freely about how their system operated. And then... When we were in Puerto Rico, I know Puerto Rico, everybody considers to be part of the United States, but when I went into their courthouse and I saw how they did their trials, we were all amazed. Everybody in our group was totally amazed that the judge was sitting there interrogating the witness and arguing with the lawyers and the witness as part of the examination. And it, it ended up, the witness is arguing with the, the judge, and that's how they get the facts out. That wouldn't go over very well in Orange County. <laughs> Marianne, do you have similar experiences? Well, actually, we've been considering um, offering a tour of the Cour de Cassation. My French is not that great. <laughs> and um, that might be also part of it. Um, you know, while you were talking, I was um, laughing to myself because what I'm also putting together is um, some of the uh, – a, a tour of some of the best golf courses in the surrounding areas of Paris and Florence. This, golf is a major, major, they have some wonderful golf courses there. So um, we're adding that part. Do uh, the lawyers who go on these trips tend to bring uh, families? Yes. Uh, on my trips, uh, most of them bring their spouse or a significant other. And many times you'll find them bringing uh, some of their teenage children. And in some cases, we have some people that bring the entire family. And, and so the family is getting to experience the culture as well, while the attorneys, which in many cases are both mom and dad, are participating in the uh, presentations and the classes. And for us, um, spouses, friends, whatever, are always welcome plenty of things to do. What about the uh, all-important question of, of CLE accreditation? How many states uh, recognize these programs? I mean, I, Jamie, I don't know if your programs are exclusively for California, but Marianne, obviously your, your programs are, are uh, 
targeted at a, at a, at a broader multi-state audience. Uh, so how, how can people find out if, if these programs are recognized in their states? Um, my, my programs are only for California. Um, that's the only law I know, and we make sure that we comply with all of the CLE requirements for the state of California. Uh, so we don't even pretend that we offer anything for outside the state of California. For the uh, CLE abroad programs, right now we have um, approval for about six states, including um, New York and um, Colorado, Nevada, different states, but we can get accreditation very easily. So if uh, we uh, someone would like to go and they're from another state, they can just send me an email. I'll be glad to check on it and see if we can make that arrangement. Well, we need to take a short break. We'll be right back with more on CLE Travel Programs. Lawyer to Lawyer is produced by the Legal Talk Network and a staff of broadcast professionals. If you have an idea for a topic or a show, we want to hear from you. Go to LegalTalkNetwork.com and send us an email. Did you know that Legal Talk Network podcasts are also available as CLE? Visit Law.com's CLE Center at www.clecenter.com. That's CLECenter.com to enjoy listening and get CLE credit. Check out our Lawyer to Lawyer host blogs. J. Craig Williams' blog at MayHavePleaseTheCourt.com. Likewise, Robert Ambrogi's blog at LegalLine.com for daily legal observations, perspective, and, of course, a healthy dose of humor and wit. A video settlement documentary can be the most powerful and persuasive way to bring about a speedy settlement in your client's case. The Boston Media Group has a staff of television professionals with 20 years' experience writing and producing compelling stories just like the ones you've seen on 60 Minutes or Dateline. We put a human face on the lawsuit with compelling interviews, dramatizations, and visual presentations of the fact. Think of it as a video opening argument that will compel the attorneys on the other side to settle. Call us for a consult at 800-317-5221. That's 800-317-5221. Or check out our website at bostonmediagroup.com. Welcome back to Lawyer to Lawyer on the Legal Talk Network. I'm Craig Williams. And this is Bob Ambrogi. We're talking to Jamie Duart and uh, Marianne McCool, who each uh, run programs for international CLE for lawyers. And uh, Marianne, I wanted to ask you uh, to tell us a little bit about who who the people are who, who serve as the faculty for these programs. Okay. Well, first, there's me. <laughs> <laughs> and would you like to know a little bit about my background? Sure. Okay. Um, I have um, an LLM from Georgetown Law in International and Comparative Law, and I also have an LLM in European Union Law from Frigia University in uh, Brussels, Belgium. So obviously my background is international law. And then what I do, I, um, in addition to me, there will always be one other faculty member, and um, some of our Basic faculty members are right on the website with all of their backgrounds. Um, for this summer, I, I'm, I'm very glad that you asked this question because I forgot while I was talking to you. Um, we have a very, um, very, very lucky to have a guest lecturer 
in the summer in Paris. His name is James Backus, and he was the head of the um, appellate body for the WTO, the uh, one and only American who served on the body. And um, he's just fantastic. He is now um, a partner in uh, Greenberg Torg, big firm here in D.C. and in Florida. So he will be um, obviously doing some uh, our seminars on um, the WTO and international trade issues. So very, very happy to have him. And Jamie, what about you? What are some of the kinds of people who serve as faculty in your programs? We have a lot of judges and justices. We've had Supreme Court justices, appellate court justices, state and federal judges, uh, retired judges who have gone on to mediation and arbitration who all love to do presentations because it keeps their name out there and it's good marketing for them as well. Uh, we use a lot of private attorneys as well. As a matter of fact, Craig Williams has been one of our speakers before and he gives an excellent program on technology and the law and I'm trying to get him to do some more of it. So there's your plug, Craig. Thanks, Jamie. <laughs> uh, and um, there are so many attorneys and judges out there that love giving these presentations and it's fun when you get them together to do panels because you can get a couple of local attorneys together with some of the judges and justices and they have to work on their presentation together, which works out well for them before the trip because they all get to know each other as they work on their presentation. And then everybody together has fun in the presentation. And it, like I said, it, it helps build and develop those relationships. What do you find is the, the typical kind of a person that goes on these trips? You find that the majority of them are older, younger, in the middle, men, women, with families, without families. What's Is there a typical uh, trip cover? No. No, it's, it's, the, it's the broad spectrum. Um, you have people who are new to the practice of law, and they're a little nervous about getting involved, but once they go on one of the trips, they go, whoa, this is like becoming a member of the club because I can actually talk to a judge outside a courtroom. And then you have people who have been practicing for 10, 15, 20 years, and they love it. And the judges love it because they used to practice themselves, so they've probably known these people for a long time. And um, families, everybody, you know, many people have families. Some are single. You have the single groups that go off partying at night, and you have the families that go off and do other things. So it's the whole spectrum. Jamie, may I ask you a question? Sure. Um, the Machu Picchu um, trip, could you just talk a little bit more about that? How many days is that? The Machu Picchu trip is going to be July 11th to 19th, and that's nine days, eight nights. And Machu Picchu, if you haven't heard, has just been named one of the seven wonders of the world. And I've been there twice before, mm -hmm. and I think it's phenomenal. It's eye-opening to see this civilization that was built 800 years ago and this city sitting on the top of a mountain that I don't know how it's still standing because wow. here in Southern California, when you build a house and it's 25 years old, you tear it down. Right. They have homes that are still sitting there 800 years old. Their aqueduct st system is still running 800 years later, and it's phenomenal. I also, this past July, I hiked the Inca Trail for four days to get to Machu Picchu, and I saw 
Wow. Just amazing things on the trip. Amazing. Would, would uh, someone with a disability be able to participate in that program? Um, uh, it probably might be, not. It, huh? it, 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 I would recommend against it. Okay. It's, it's very tough. Um, Peru is not as advanced as the United States, you know, in taking care of and accommodating disabled people. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of hiking involved. And okay. the altitude is very tough. I would recommend against it. Well, okay, thank you. It's interesting that you raise that because I was I was going to ask each of you uh, whether, and this may not be a fair question, but whether there is a favorite destination you have from among the places you go. And it sounds, Jamie, like you might have just answered that question. Um, I have favorites for different things. Machu Picchu is by far and away my favorite for the eye-opening, mind-blowing experience of seeing this civilization that was built what, in the 1400s, and then the Spaniards came in in 1533 and wiped it out, but it's still there. But Tahiti is another one of my favorite destinations if you just want to go and relax on white sandy beaches with warm tropical water and go swimming with the sharks, who are all, you know, professional courtesy. (laughs) And then Buenos Aires, Argentina has been one of our top hits, and that's a major hit because People in America don't understand how inexpensive Argentina is right now. It costs about one-third of anything else in the United States, and Argentinians do not consider themselves part of South America. They consider themselves part of Europe. So when you go to Buenos Aires, the city was built by French architects. The Uh architecture is French, Italian, Spanish. The people all consider themselves part of Europe. You feel like you're in Europe, but everything is so ridiculously inexpensive. And, and Marianne, is it, is it fair to ask you uh, if there's a favorite you have among the destinations you go to? Well, I I have to say it's Paris. Paris is my favorite place, for sure. For for obvious reasons, I'm sure. Have you gentlemen been to Paris? Yes, I I have never been to Paris. I'm sorry to say. I spent 10 days there and it was great. Oh, it's it's a wonderful wonderful city and and the the unfortunate thing is that you sometimes you hear Americans say, "Oh, the Parisians are rude" or, you know, the the stereotypical stories and I did not find that at all. I I did not. It, it's just a wonderful place. I lived there for two summers and been there several other times. I so agree with you on that. Uh in the 10 days I was there, I was never once treated rudely. I was always treated very, very well. Can't say the same for the American tourists that I saw there. Well, the uh, I, was, very nice. I was going to say the same thing. If if you are rude to someone, they are probably going to be rude back. <laughs> but um, I was always treated very, very, very nicely. I've traveled on a number of Jamie's trips, and I've come to learn that uh, your experience there is largely what you take with you. Correct. Well, exactly. If uh, Jamie and let's start with you, if someone wants some more uh, information on an upcoming Sealy travel program that you're running or one of the Sealy travel abroad seminars, uh, how can they get in touch with you to learn more about your program? They can uh, email me at jduart at duart-law.com, and that's j-d-u-a-r-t-e at d-u-a-r-t-e-law.com. And we can uh, email them the, the different flyers on the different trips. 
And let's wrap up with your final thoughts about our discussion today before we go to Marianne. I, I invite everybody to try these trips. Just try one and, and see if it really doesn't work for you. When I first started going on these trips, I obtained at least one new client or case off of every trip, and that's because I met other attorneys who practice in different areas of the law than I practice, and when they learn what I do and I learn what they do, you refer cases back and forth. It's a great source of building your practice, and it's a great source of meeting other people. And Marianne, your final thoughts and your contact information for people and perhaps a website for uh, people to get in touch with you. Yes, um, our website is www.cleabroad.com. That's C-L-E-A-B-R-O-A-D.com. And anyone can uh, send me an email at McCool, M-C-C-O-O-L, at cleabroad.com for any info, and I'll be glad to send out updates. And um, all of our contact info, telephone number, and all is on the website. Um, as far as my closing comments, I just have to agree with you, Jamie. That was wonderful, what you said. And I would just add that everyone should spend a week in Paris. <laughs> I think that's an invitation, Bob. <laughs> well, on, on that note, we will uh, sign off and uh, go buy our airline tickets to Paris uh, after, of course, first registering for one of Marianne's programs there. Wonderful. And thank you so much for having me on today. Yeah, well, thank you very much for joining us. It's really been an interesting discussion and uh, certainly whet my appetite for some uh, CLE in exotic places. Craig, I'm how there, are Bob. you? I'm on the plane. Talk to you next week. Yeah, thanks again for both of you. We really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to Lawyer to Lawyer with J. Craig Williams and Robert Ambrogi. We hope you'll listen again and check out our other shows on the Legal Talk Network. Lawyer to Lawyer has been sponsored by Law.com. The Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast, your resource for the tips and tactical advice you need to grow your business. Plus, keep up with the news and commentary you crave to stay one step ahead. It's hosted by me, Gee Sakalakis. And me, Conrad Song. Every other week, we break down the issues holding back your marketing strategy and talk about the changes you need to be prepared for. Check out the Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube.